0: Hey, Beva fans, Matthew Gibson here from Blue Collar Unplugged. When you want to show that Alabama pride, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Nike Golf, Champion, Columbia, an amazing college vault of vintage and throwback logos, plus gifts and accessories. The best part, Alabama students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in store, and you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass Rewards Program. Alumni Hall, located in Midtown Village across from University Mall or anytime at alumnihall.com. Alumni Hall, where Crimson Tide fans shop.
1: You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds,
2: two. Sexton at one. The ah! win. It's gone. It's
0: gone. It's good! Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler.
2: That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home.
0: Matthew Gibson.
2: You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn
0: fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle.
1: And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. 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 So either A, Alabama basketball is forever... It's it built it. on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Enjoy the show.
2: All right, welcome in to the Blue Collar Unplugged podcast. I tried to stay away from the mic this time, so it wasn't super loud. It looks like it was still super loud on the thing, though. So I'm sorry, Matthew, when you're editing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blue Collar Unplugged season two, episode nine, I think. We're back. I, I'm here... I'm your host, Blake. I'm here with Matthew and Jacob again. Um, We weren't able to record this weekend when we normally record because life got in the way, and we were all super busy, but um, a game happened this weekend that I don't think we're going to talk about. Do we need to talk about it?
1: I don't think we do. Not not a ton. I I think if it was before the Vanderbilt game, sure, but no sunshine pumping needed to be done because we... won by 57 points. You know, Alabama Alabama played
2: a basketball game on on Saturday, and some undisclosed things happened. Um, And then they played another game on Tuesday, and they won by 57 points. Really impressive showing Alabama, final score was Alabama 101, Vanderbilt 44. I don't know how that happens. Um, Let's go with Matthew first. What I mean, takeaways? What do you take away from a game like that? But well, takeaways I mean, it
0: shows Alabama's resiliency and the fact that they really obviously annihilated some tape after that I mean I, they fixed so many of their mistakes you weren't seeing guys go over ball screens 40 feet beyond a basket it was that was one of the things versus Oklahoma which stood out to, to me and Blake specifically. Uh-huh. But like I went
2: I went back and watched so I didn't get to watch a ton of that game. I know he said we weren't gonna talk about it, but here we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was in New Orleans for formal during that game, and so I didn't I, I caught what I could watching it on my phone, but I didn't actually get to like sit down and watch the whole thing. Went back and watched it afterwards, and why were guys trying to get over ball screens with drop coverage? Like probably thirty-five feet from the basket, and it just led it to terrible. open threes, like help off of guys who were shooters, more open threes. Like you're just trailing guy all the way to the rim as he goes and lays it up. Like what? Why?
0: It was awful. And then I mean Grant Sherfield also had an electric day. Uh, how many points did he
2: have? Like thirty. Thirty. Mean, I think he question? had thirty. And then I think the other guy Hill had twenty. Yeah, Hill
0: did have twenty. Yeah, and with Sherfield just continually getting to his right, literally the entire game. Mm-hmm. That was a big issue, but. Bama bounces back, beats Banderbilt by 57. Their largest uh, margin of victory versus an SE opponent ever. ever. Um, Two
1: so off from tying largest margin of victory since 1950 of 59. Wow. Is that I good? I think it's good. That's fine. It's okay. It's all right. But it's been
0: better. On the court, biggest takeaway would probably be Namari Burnett. Burnett had a big yes. game. Yes. He
2: awesome. had 16. His, um, his second highest scoring output of the season,
1: yeah. um,
2: 18, versus? 18 against Jacksonville State, yep. I believe yeah, it was, was... Um, but he was excellent and he was confident, that's the most confident I'd seen his shot and, and just his play easily since the wrist injury, but honestly, for much of the season, yeah, um, he was ready to pull the trigger, he had that one in transition, yeah, though. I
0: was going to say, he, he had he the, check three. the immediate pull up three, yes. after having a catch and shoot, like yeah. you love
2: seeing that out of him, Did he have eight in a row there? Uh-huh. He got
1: the rebound off of, like, the end of the shot clock miss. The
2: one that Liam Robbins got his face hit with the other guy. Right. And then they went to the locker room, and then he hit one in the corner. And then he hit
1: one well above the break.
2: Yeah, he pulled one. Um, The biggest thing for him, again, for me, was just, like, the confidence that he showed. Uh, Like, for a a McDonald's All-American, too, a guy who's had to sit out uh, an entire season, who's dealt with a bunch of injuries that have kept him out, and, like, Oates has talked him up as a shooter his entire time on campus. Like, remember the, the mythical 60% from three reports <laughs> from before last season yeah. that Oates was Pre-ACL. saying?
1: Pre-ACL.
2: Yes, like pre-ACL. But then he, he makes his first four shots from three. Um, and that just, like, really opens up Alabama's offense, too, because we've been looking to see if they can have scores outside of Miller. And outside of Sears, yeah. and they've found that with the way and like if Burnett can keep this up, just with the way he can open up scoring with his shooting, like he was shooting thirty four percent from three before the uh, yeah. the wrist surgery, which is shooting that Alabama really missed and that we didn't even like notice that they missed.
1: Yeah, because during that time period, like Brandon had some. I think every thirty point game that he's had was while Namari was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during that time yeah. as well, Mark mm-hmm. Sears has sort of missing some of the shots that he was making at a higher rate. Uh, but I, I think we'll continue to see that bounce back. But during that time, he's also become a better or better rim finisher. Uh, Sears has been able to step into that. But having Damari back and presumably the starting lineup for Saturday, I, I don't know how you keep him out. I'm not against it. Uh, I, I think Jaden Bradley needs a little bit of the pressure taken off, uh, kind of that <coughs> freshman wall. I think he has been hitting – Rather forcibly, uh, where he still had some good finishes at the rim, good distribution, but I think we should see, I hope to see Namari starting Saturday, just with how he's been playing and how he played Tuesday. So, yeah, you know who's not hitting the freshman wall? Who's that? Rylan Griffin. That that is
2: true. I, he's broken through it. He's, he's, he's been broken really it. good lately, and like we've been talking about him. I feel like we've been talking about him on here and, like, on Twitter and things like that probably since the first Vanderbilt game um, when he yeah. started, like, shooting the ball better, finishing better, like, making the most out of his minutes. Like, I remember he played well against Missouri, too. But the la- the Oklahoma game and then this game, too, like, he really has shown out and shown what he can do
1: when he gets extended minutes. Yeah. Uh, he just wants it. Like, he just plays so hard. And so smooth. Uh, I love his confidence as a shooter. Like the first he's two, he's pulling. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. He's going. If he gets an inch of space, he's going to pull up. Right. And like the first two didn't go down Tuesday, and then he found his look, hit one, and then it opened up things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, he had a great play where he kind of slowed. Like I think got the rebound, dribbled down, uh, took it in, got to like the elbow, and then Gurley cut like, around him, you know, like, mm-hmm. overlapped him, and then he found him, and I think Gurley got fouled on the layup and missed it, but then made both free throws, but that kind of vision and, like, confidence on ball and being <clears> able to distribute, like, that's so invaluable to be able to have. And
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing a lot of the little things you need to be able to win. I mean, he grabbed seven boards, too. Yeah. Uh, I had that little steal under the basket and then finished with a dunk, which, yes. by the way, can, he can really jump. That is he's got an insane vertical. That's
2: like a top three play of the season for me so oh, far. Oh, absolutely! He floats. Like that he w- floats. He got the he got the courtside seat people out of their seats. Like the courtside folks stood up for that play. You never see that. Um, just the the effort he showed. Really, it it's just fun to watch him play. And like you see, like he's gotten more comfortable. I think in the game where like. You're not worried about something bad happening if he has the ball. No. Like, he's somebody you trust with the ball.
0: He didn't turn the ball over. Did he not? No. Wow. Yeah. Didn't have a, any turnovers versus Vanderbilt. They had two steals on top of it with seven boards.
2: I'm looking at his game log here. He's had at least nine in four out of five or four out of six games. He had 12 in the LSU game, six against Vanderbilt. Nine against Missouri, five against Mississippi State, fifteen against Oklahoma, twelve against Vanderbilt. The second time, um, he's shooting. He's above thirty percent now from three on the season. After starting really bad, I think he was like seventeen percent at some yep. point early in the year. Yep. Yeah. So he he's improved on that front. He, I don't know where this like Twitter narrative that he plays bad defense came from. I don't think he's necessarily a bad defender. I think off ball he can get out of position sometimes. I was going to
0: say I think he just the, the freshman learning mistakes of right. always being in the right positioning. Yeah, yeah. he's got the he's got the length to be
1: a really good defender at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he can get lost a ta- like a little bit, but that's gone away. I I think for the most part. No. I mean, in in games where he's done it like Oklahoma, I thought he played some of the better defense. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a pretty low bar for the team from Saturday. Yeah, but like I think he's played well. Like he's he's just a very good, well rounded player. Just Keeps his head down, keeps on grinding, and makes plays. And yeah, I love, love, love Rylan Griffin. And it's what he brings to the. It's team. pretty
0: clear that his defense is getting better because if yeah, you're playing under Nate Oats, you're not going to play if you can't play defense. Right. right and exactly. Rylan's minutes is continually going up. I think what did he play? Twenty versus Vanderbilt. Played yeah. Twenty minutes and twenty
2: four against Oklahoma. The the twenty four against Oklahoma was almost a season high. He played twenty seven against Longwood in the opener. Um, But definitely as high in SEC play. Uh, Last, yeah, and the 20 was also nearly a high. He played 20 against uh, Vanderbilt and against LSU. So, um, two really good games for him last couple games. Um, I was wondering if he was going to get the start, honestly. I, I wasn't surprised that they didn't change up the starting lineup because, like, you know, that it shows that they're not like f- trying to think too hard and not overreacting to one game uh, because at the end of the day like the Oklahoma game is just one data point in a very long season uh, and like that game doesn't define their season so if you don't like you don't have to switch up the lineup from one uh bad game but moving forward, we did mention this earlier like I wonder if Jaden Bradley gets moved out of the starting lineup now that it feels like Namari Burnett is, Back is playing well, is confident. Um, Burnett's defense is there. He's got the scoring capabilities. And Bradley, in SEC play, has not been the best. Um, Like, I'm looking here at his game log. He had 14 against Ole Miss. And since then, he's broken double-figure scoring one other time. It was that road game against Vanderbilt. He was really good that game. But then you look at his turnover numbers. That's,
1: that's been the biggest for me. And he
2: had eight points, four turnovers against Missouri. He had four points and a turnover against Mississippi State. One point and three turnovers against Oklahoma. Six points, two turnovers against Vanderbilt. He did hit a three against Vanderbilt, which was good. That was good
1: to see go in. I think that did a lot for him. Mm-hmm. Truly, like I, I think having a little bit of the pressure off of him overall, like to create. Uh, and score is nice and would be beneficial and like kind of helpful to have him come off the bench. Uh, no, the turnovers have been kind of my biggest like not gripe, but like just hesitancy on him because most of them have not like they've been careless more so than like just trying to do a little bit too much. I mean,
2: fourteen turnovers over five games is not good. No. Like you do not want uh, you do not want a player to have that many turnovers.
1: But. And he's and no, he's had assists during those time periods as well. Like he I think the Oklahoma He's passed game was, the ball decently well. Yeah.
2: I think. I I think he has as well. But then when you look at some other players, like one guy who's still playing well, and we talked about him a lot last episode, was is Javon Quinnerly. Yeah. Um, he was against the and in the Oklahoma game, he was one of the only guys that looked like he could take the the pressure of being down by that many points. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase that, but, like, when everyone else, like, kind of got down on themselves and a lot of, like, freshmen were kind of checking out, I feel like, because they were down by so much, he actually stayed in the game, kept his head in the game, and, like, wanted to keep grinding it out. And I think he went on a run of, like, six or eight points alone when the score got up to, like, 20, 25 point deficit. He was still, like, trying to go get a bucket and trying to stay in the game. I think that shows, like, really his... Senior veteran leadership, and then against Vanderbilt, did y'all know he had seven assists?
0: Yeah, it I had did. Sixteen n- minutes too. I he did not play a
2: lot. Yeah, I did not realize he had seven assists, yeah.
0: which is really impressive. No turnover? What? Well, did he have one or he have none? He had one. One. One turnover.
2: Still, seven to one assist turnover He'll ratio. It, like You'll too. take that any day. <laughs> like that's really good. Yeah. Only three points, but he only he only took three shots, so no issues there. Um. And weren't a lot of his assists to Betiaco? I feel like he had two or three lobs.
0: Yeah, he threw a couple lobs. Um, one was to Miller, I believe. Uh, yes.
2: Was I, that yes. one to Miller? No, I, I think, think goes, Bradley was, threw that. Was that Bradley? Okay. I think so. <clears throat> but yeah, his, um, he had a couple of lobs and like, pick and rolls to Betiaco, and he was really good. I was impressed with Bay what, what did y'all think of him?
0: Yeah, I mean, he did a good job with Robbins. Robbins was obviously, obviously coming back from injury. But, I mean, for Robbins was averaging 14.5 points a game coming in off of injury. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I his that. first game back going against Chuck, not the greatest situation for, for Liam. But Charles played great. You know, he was 5-for-5 five five from the field, grabbed three boards. Uh, I mean, he, he
2: played fine. And he dunked the ball. He did dunk the ball. Like,
1: every time? I but think one? just
2: about every time, but one. I think yeah. his first
1: bucket was like a, it was kind of a tough lay actually. Yeah, like it was, was through a lot of contact, uh, no foul called. But then the rest were dunks. I mean, that, that's what you want to see from him. Like that was, that was good to have. Liam Robbins miss his first <laughs> five buckets or first five shots coming back, uh, starting 0 for five, and then Chuck coming in and being able to just handle that. Like that, it's just good to see, uh, and it uh, just continues to show. Like if you have a, a big big man. Like, the 6 to 7-foot range, like, Chuck's going to handle
2: him. And I mentioned this to you um, at some point, but I was like, Charles needs to spend, like, the entire weekend just working on catching lobs and, like, being strong on that catch, and we saw that. Is he he looked like a much better, like, a much better finisher and – receiver of those lobs and like he mm-hmm. he caught the ball well and he actually finished them which he has struggled with at times especially I think between him and Quinterly um because Quinterly has thrown some up there that he's either lost to his hands or have like come off his hands wrong or something but he looked strong and looked in better positions too on his lobs to be able to finish those um because we were talking about how well how like good Pringle looked mm-hmm. in those but I thought I thought Charles looked great there. Um, and then we saw Noah Clowney finally hit a three.
1: That was awesome. He hit that two, was, actually. Yeah,
2: Two of four. Um, it was his first three since the Arkansas game. He had missed 21. How many were, 21. Yeah. Is that good? No. <laughs> it's really bad. Actually. It's actually really bad. Um, but he he hit one in the first half. And then he had another one in the second half. He hit half. back-to-back, actually. He oh, missed his last one, but he hit
0: back-to-back. So, yes. I mean, I, I think with Noah, he just needed to see one fall. Yes. And so. now
2: that he has, I feel like it's going to be back to, like, I don't think he'll, sh- like, I think he's probably around a 30% three-point shooter. Yeah. And as long as, like, one of every three of his go in. He was bound to
0: regress really a little bit, but not yeah. that extensively. Yeah, he was like, he, he, he started
1: play. Play. Yeah.
2: that. From the time after he had that cold streak to start the year. And from then until the Arkansas game, who's shooting like 40% from three. And that just wasn't sustainable. But I don't think anyone expected a over-21 20, streak. 21 streak. Um, but now that he saw one fall, I think it's going to be um, a lot better for him.
1: And then that, that just reopens up the scoring part of the lineup. Because through, like, through the few weeks, really, like if we're talking post-Arkansas game, like after the Arkansas game, that Saturday was LSU. No trouble scoring against LSU. Mm-hmm. Not really a good benchmark. But then went to Vanderbilt, seventy eight sixty six. Didn't shoot great. I think twenty percent or no twenty eight percent from three was the Missouri game. Mm-hmm. Quickly following after, they were so under
2: thirty percent from three, like four games in a row or something like that.
1: Yeah. So to have all those like whenever you don't have Clowney shooting well, Sears kind of regressing a little bit, and Brandon Miller having to carry the weight of the load shooting. But now we've hopefully uh, at least Tuesday we saw that. Hopefully we continue to see that regress back to a positive mean. Where Cloudy can shoot if we put Amari back in the starting lineup or just with significant minutes. You've really got like four shooters. And you've got a shooter with Ryland,
2: yeah. Miller. Sears hasn't. Sears was one for three and he hasn't shot great. Well, we know he hasn't shot great lately, but he's. Um, I think he shot better the last couple games. Like he started to see them go through the last couple games. Right. He hasn't hit multiple threes since the LSU game. Yeah. One for five against Vanderbilt one for seven against Missouri, 0 oh for five against Mississippi State, yeah. one for four against Oklahoma, one for three against Vandy. On the season, he's down to 36% when he was shooting around 40... 42. 42. 42. But still, 36% is a good percentage from three, and I, yeah. I don't anticipate... Like, I think he'll hit two threes in a game here sometime soon, <laughs> you would Saturday. think. <laughs> Probably but Saturday. be Saturday, yeah. um, honestly. Um, but And he's also done a really good job not letting his bad shooting affect the rest of his game. Like, the effort is still there defensively. Um, he still gets to the rim and finishes well. Yeah. Speaking of effort, that was my biggest thing on Tuesday was, like, I knew that a oh, switch had flipped for them whenever <clears throat> it, it was early in the game. It was, like, 5-5, five to five, yeah. and a loose ball was on the floor. Both Noah Clowney and Jaden Bradley died for it. Uh, I think Bradley ends up with it, Clowney stands up, Bradley pushes it ahead to Clowney, Clowney pushes it forward to Miller who's wide open and hits a three. And it it was just like the the good things that happen when you make hustle plays, like that's exactly what Oates preaches about how you lose yourself in the game and the offense is going to like take care of itself. And I thought that was like, that was a perfect example of that and how that carried over the rest of the game because they were still diving on loose balls when they were up by 42 points.
1: That's, I mean, it's just incredible to see that. Like, yeah. That, it's awesome. The effort that we did not really see against Vanderbilt, and, or not, not Vanderbilt, against Oklahoma or Mississippi State, I mean, the defensive effort was poor against both of those teams. Really bad. Yeah, so to see that in spades. And was it's like
2: the... Defense isn't all effort but it's a lot of effort like especially when you have the personnel that Alabama has like for them if they're playing poor defensively it's because of the effort because they have the length they have the athleticism everything else to be a great defensive team mm-hmm. uh and you you see like they held they held a team to 44 points a top 60 uh, are they still top 60
1: They should well I, I have
2: Ken Palm up right here uh, their offense is 59th, yeah. so that, that's a good offense that they held to 44 points.
1: Um, held them to .63 points per possession. And that
2: killed any doubt that Alabama's not still one of the best teams in college basketball, if yeah. not the best. Like, it's hard to argue against Purdue. Like, if you're going based off resume, it's clearly Purdue. But if they played each other, like, who knows what would happen. Obviously, Zach Eadie's tough, and we don't have, need to get into a whole Alabama Purdue debate.
1: But right. the, the theoretical that we will like literally only see in March. final four slash national championship. Yeah, only way that like, would happen that's, because neither of these teams is dropping below the two line, and it would take a lot for Alabama to drop below uh, drop into the two line. So
2: yeah, I don't. I, that's not going to happen. Um, but Alabama is obviously still one of the best teams in the country with. Tennessee's loss to Florida last night, mm. or I guess two nights ago, whenever this uh, is going up, that'll move Alabama back into the top three. And Houston, what's their situation? It's They're playing right now. Thirty
1: to twenty-nine. Houston's up one on the Fighting James Rojas's at halftime. At Wichita wow. State. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's a tight game there in uh, in Wichita. In which? Yep. Yeah. in, Kansas. In, so, Kansas. Somewhere somewhere in, in Kansas. in Kansas. Somewhere in Kansas. Somewhere in Kansas. So. Alabama could be right back to number two if Houston I, drops this one tonight. And, and Indiana Purdue Saturday. I
0: was going to say, the, I think the Purdue. Played, Indiana, I don't yes.
2: think Purdue is dropping from one, even if they lose.
0: I, uh, well, it depends on what Alabama does and what Houston does.
2: No, I, you're,
1: right. Houston, you're right. If we do to LSU what we just similar to what Vanderbilt. we did to Vanderbilt or what we did to then LSU last maybe. Time.
0: In any scenario, I think if Purdue loses, I do think they'll drop. Yeah, Maybe I, I so. can't see a scenario in which Purdue losing to, say, Indiana, where they don't yeah. drop to number two or number three, especially if Alabama
1: and or Houston win their games. Maybe you're right. I, yeah, that's, especially with how split the first place votes were not last, last week. But no, the you're right. Before. That's like, a good it's, point. It's very feasible. Uh, <coughs>
2: <coughs> now, yeah. we, can, we can look ahead a little bit to this Saturday. Alabama's got LSU on the road. Um, three o'clock tip. The game is on uh, ESPN. U. Wow. It was gonna be on ESPN, and they moved them <laughs> off. Probably because of what happened know. last time yeah. these two teams played. You can't imagine
1: why they would flex that. Really oh. unfortunate. Uh, Mark Sears had eight assists Tuesday. He did. Yeah, eight assists. That's I,
2: a combined fifteen assists from Sears and Quinterly.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. It's Seventeen for three. I, 3. I 3. did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So I just saw that. Wanted of be or sorry, not seven. Yeah, eighteen. Want to be sure we we shouted that out? That's yeah, that's that's really
2: good. Um, ESPN's matchup predictor gives Alabama an eighty nine percent chance to win on the road. Disrespecting this. So title. that's uh, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, we I mean we saw this game
1: yeah,
2: I, in Coleman. Uh, KJ Williams is obviously really good for them, but LSU is a very mid major roster playing in a power six league. Yeah, which it, is unfortunate for them. It's Alabama versus Murray State. It is Alabama yeah. versus Murray State. Like their entire roster basically came from Murray State, and like that's no disrespect to Matt McMahon. Like he's, I think he they're going to be a good under. Mess. But he inherited literally a roster with no players, no scholarship players. Like everyone transferred, he had nobody, and so they had a the nice little twelve and one start to the season. They beat Arkansas, <laughs> and then they just haven't won since Beating January. Ar- what day was 11th. this? Or not? No. Uh, January this was. 4th. Are no. we sure? Sorry. That was December twenty
1: eighth.
2: They have not won a game oh, in
1: twenty twenty three. Oh no. And like I, not not to go down the leaderboard here.
2: They haven't been close.
1: They're projected two wins the rest of the season, and it's at home against South Carolina, which they should win. I hope they win that. And it's at home against <coughs> Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt is just gonna win that.
2: So like you think? So you think they go two and I, I think sixteen? They go two
1: and 16.
2: Now they're they're currently sitting at one and eight. They lost to Missouri by ten this week after losing to a really not great Texas Tech team well, on Saturday. Not
1: not, not
2: great as they for their conference. They're not great.
1: Well,
2: they, they're in a really now, good now conference.
1: that's <laughs> that's a really high bar.
2: No, you're right. But the in that's their last They have not. Played a single-digit SEC game since Kentucky. Florida. Kentucky. That's eleven. Kentucky. So the, the so since early January. Yeah, that's. Alabama's gonna win this game by like twenty-five points. More. <laughs> what what's the line gonna be? Like fifteen? It, it will be, be more, more than
0: over twenty.
1: Like,
0: I'd say it's like fifteen or sixteen.
2: Because it's on the road. Like, at
0: least it's on the road. And yeah. Then, and even then, Alabama usually does well in Baton Rouge, too, for the most part. Oh, you're right. Roads. So I.
2: Well, I think they're one and two, actually. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. They lost I'm the sure. first year because that was the year Herb got hurt. Uh, that, was the, that was the year Herb hurt his wrist. Right. Then the next year was the three point.
1: Massacre. Massacred with
2: then last year went to overtime because of an absolutely atrocious JD Davison we forgot final how to ca- play in regular we, we Y'all yeah. we, we literally just like blanked that game from our memories.
1: I'm not quite sure what you mean. Alabama
2: lost by <laughs> <laughs> Alabama lost by like four in OT.
1: Yeah. It was like the last game of the regular season. And they had the, the Napoleon like the what? they did. They had the oh Napoleon uh, big like massive that. puppet that they were pulling in the student section. I can't say I remember that. I'm gonna That's all I remember from that game. I, I remember JD honest. Davison's last possession. I remember JD Davison. But <laughs> that's, that unfortunately, was, that's what I remember. From well, that
0: maybe game. I was wrong, but still, this is different Alabama team, different LSU team. I. I'm not to
2: Win
1: this I'm by at least fifteen or sixteen.
2: No, they're gonna win by a lot of points. I think it's probably gonna be like
1: twenty. I just don't like. I think LSU wasted their good offensive performance against Missouri. Well, when they scored seventy-seven points, yeah,
2: and they still lost by double digits. Yes. Yeah. Just, they're, they're they're bad defensively. What does Ken Palm
1: have them at? Low. Oh, they were a really high three point defense team, and going into the game against Austin. Oh gosh. Besides, Since then, they've just like obviously dropped off a cliff.
2: LSU was one hundred twenty seventh. in Ken Palm behind, uh, right behind Stephen F. Austin.
1: They since uh, we played them, they were eighth in three point defense. They're now ninety fifth.
2: They're 116th in adjusted defense. They're 154th in adjusted offense.
0: They are 266th in two-point
1: defense. Sorry. That's bad.
2: We're just like talking in circles of they're bad and Alabama's good, but like, what else is there to say about this game, honestly? If Matt McMahon runs his own again. If he runs his own again. I said this on here before they played the first time. I was like, if a team runs a zone against Alabama, you deserve to lose by 30, and they lost by 40. <laughs> it's gonna happen again.
1: I don't know what else to say, honestly. I, there's not much else to say. We'll get to see something cool. So, I mean, we'll do something fun. Me and Matthew are going. Game.
2: Yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll be we'll, there. We'll be in Baton, we'll R- be R- in R- Baton Rouge. R- my first time in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Very excited for that. Um, let's talk a little like SEC standings.
1: Yeah, how about Sh- that? Standings are fun. Like, the conference is at a fun place, especially uh, if you're an Alabama
2: fan. Yeah, you've got Bama on top <laughs> at nine and zero. Two games. Yeah, two games ahead of. Everyone else, three teams at 7-2, and two, A&M, Tennessee, and Auburn. And then uh, threatening there, you have Kentucky and Florida at 6-3, and three, Missouri at 5-4. and four. Um, Where do we see – how do we see this thing shaking out?
1: I think Bama's going to win the SEC regular season.
2: It's still – I said this last time, but
1: uh, – Like, whenever you look down the line at who else everybody else has to play of the top three, A&M, Auburn, and Tennessee, I think Tennessee and A&M play each other – Twice? Yes. Two more times? Okay. And Tennessee and Auburn play each other twice,
2: and Auburn and A&M play each other twice. Like,
1: uh, (laughs) Just probability says that somebody... They're all going to beat each other up. Somebody's going to have three losses from that. I think you look at the schedule, Alabama has nine games left. I think it's four home, five away. So, because we we have... Yeah, it's four home, five away. Georgia. You're right. It's four home, five away. Auburn, or Arkansas-Auburn, or... And the correct order is Florida, Georgia, Arkansas, Auburn.
2: Yeah, and then the away games are LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas A&M. I just, look, I, I just don't really see a world where. Uh, I think the biggest threat is Tennessee because Auburn has a terribly difficult schedule coming up, and I don't, I don't like see a world where they don't lose four or five minimum of their last yeah. few games.
1: Their their next nine. At Tennessee at AM, who AM just beat them by A&M sixteen them. on their home floor.
2: Yeah, and Tennessee on the road, they're probably not going to win that. Yeah. And
1: then they've got to play Bama. Then Missouri goes there. They go to Vanderbilt. It's. Oh, I think they'll win. I, I think they will win too. I wouldn't be shocked if Stackhouse did something crazy and they won. And then you host Ole Miss. You go to Kentucky. You go to Alabama. And you have Tennessee at
2: home. I think best case, like very finish. What is that? How many games is that? Nine games? Yeah. I think best case, they finish four and five. That gives them the three in the middle. I think they beat Missouri. That's if they beat Missouri, beat Vandy, beat Ole Miss, and then if they split with AM. Yeah.
1: that's. I think
2: that's best case because I think they're going to get swept by Tennessee. Yeah. I just don't think their offense is good enough to beat Tennessee.
1: No, you have to, like, I... beating Tennessee is weird. We'll get to that. But we'll get to that. Right.
2: But I don't think their offense is good enough to beat Tennessee. I think Alabama sweeps, and then I don't think they can win in RUP. And so that's five losses right there. Yeah. And that's assuming they win the rest of them. Yeah. And so they're not really a threat for the conference title. I think AM is going to lose. Like,
1: Their schedule is kind now of. Now, they crazy. actually
2: might be a threat. I'm not going to lie they, to you.
1: They have a kind of. Well, let's see. So Georgia,
2: Saturday. Auburn at LSU. They get Arkansas at home.
1: Who did just beat them by 11?
2: Yeah. They've got to, be, they got to go to
1: Missouri. Who they beat by double digits.
2: They actually they don't play Tennessee twice. They only have them once, and it's in College Station. And they only have Alabama once, and it's in College Station. It's impossible. Their, their road games, they only have four road games left. Three of them are LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss.
1: Who are bottom, like, who so
2: are if they can take care of business at home, they might be, maybe.
1: But that would require Alabama to lose three games.
2: You're right. That's so
1: true. <laughs> like, th- threat. like I think there may be the best option because of the scheduling. Um, yeah.
2: Alabama's I, I, not going to lose three more games. I just don't, I just I, don't I, think. I just,
0: to they, put this in perspective, Bartorvik has SEC title odds for Alabama winning the sole share of the SEC regular season at 70%. You want to guess Auburn's? Two. 0.3%. Mm. What about? Tennessee, 108 10. Texas
2: A&M, 07 So it's, it's Bama, Alabama, yeah. and then it's like Tennessee. maybe, maybe, maybe Tennessee. Because Alabama's – Tennessee's basically going to have to win out and beat Alabama, and Alabama's going to have to slip up somewhere else. I
1: have to slip up twice to tie. Not like, if they, Including, like, Tennessee – calling Tennessee a slip up like losing.
2: There. Yeah. Alabama's going to need to slip up against like AM on the road the last day of the regular season or like lose one or like split with Auburn or something like that.
1: Yeah. And Tennessee does not have like so that requires Tennessee to basically go 9 and 0 basically which is and Tennessee still has to go to Rupp. They host Auburn Saturday. They go to Vanderbilt. They host Missouri. Which, with the way Missouri plays offense... Sir, like, that could be an interesting one. Because <laughs> the thing with Missouri that I think makes them unique is that they take very weird and not super smart three-point shots, but they make them at a stupid <laughs> high clip. <play. laughs> they make different They're like J.R. Smith. Yes. They make really difficult three-pointers. Every shot they take, I'm like, why are you taking that? And then it goes... It bang. Like, Every time. So, Tennessee hosts Auburn, goes to Vanderbilt, hosts Missouri, hosts Alabama, has to go to Kentucky, has to go to A&M, and then has South Carolina... And Arkansas. Tennessee-Arkansas
2: right. in late February is really fun. We had that
1: last year, I believe. Tennessee
2: beat Arkansas. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it. I just – the Florida, Florida beating Tennessee is, like, best-case scenario for Alabama. Like, the yeah, fact I that could. that happened, like, helped Alabama so much when it comes to, like, trying to win the SEC regular season. Because now, let's say both teams went out going into that February 15th Game of Alabama and Tennessee, Alabama doesn't like Alabama can lose that game and still have
1: a one-game lead, and so that's just massive. Uh, Shout shout out to Todd Golden. Shout out to the analytics community. (laughs) The Uh, the analytics community. We just we appreciate Todd Golden for his work in showing that the numbers work. That the old old defense or offense that Rick Barnes runs, it's it has a ceiling that is like pretty. Pretty well defined mm-hmm. over the last, what, seven years that he's been at Tennessee? It's been a while. Instead of however
0: many years he was at
2: Texas, too? Yes. Like that. So, that yeah, ceiling but he exists. had Kevin Durant he at did Texas. Have Kevin Durant. So, that kind of helps when you have a bad offensive scheme. Yeah.
1: It just. Florida beating them by double digits, I, I didn't expect it. I certainly hoped it.
2: It's a good year to have a good defense in the SEC because there are a lot of not great offenses in the SEC. And I think. Tennessee and Auburn are really benefiting from that mm. because there are just a lot of offenses in the SEC they are just like –
0: kind of gross well, yeah and tennessee in particular i mean that's that's why they're still so highly coveted by ken pom i mean they're, yeah. they're
2: their
1: defensive numbers are they're crazy yeah. good because even in their losses like i believe florida was under a point per possession yeah I, mean, I was gonna say
0: tennessee's not losing games because their defense is bad which helps them in terms of any sort of analytical yeah. database right yeah
1: okay points per possession last night was 1.03 florida and a 0.83 <laughs> tennessee so like tennessee's defense is keeping them in games but like their leading score versus Santiago that's be- 12 a game by the way it, just 12 a game it, early. and now they do have, all five are right around the 10 mark yeah but so that's
2: good they're well rounded they don't have a guy you can go to to get a bucket though
1: and I, I think that's really 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 important no matter how well rounded and well balanced your offense is like, uh-huh. you have to have a guy and they didn't have a guy against Florida's defense which is like not I, I mean it's it's 8th and Ken Palm um, that 90.2 so basically like 0. 0.9 points for possession which is pretty good but like i
2: and like i've not been
1: overly impressed by florida
2: florida didn't even score a lot they I scored don't. 67 which is fine speaking of florida they're not bad
1: they're 7 points from 9 0 that's right they are a 3 point loss to auburn mhm which they it was a 1 point game that a steal and a layup turned it into a three-point game, and with ten seconds left, and then two two-point losses. Two two-point
2: losses to Texas A&M. Yeah.
1: Wow. So we.
2: They're kind of good.
1: I don't know what they are. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this Look th- at the
2: shot charts, y'all can't see this, but the Tennessee and Florida game mm. shot charts. Yeah. Florida's looks very like Alabama, and then Tennessee's. You have shots from literally everywhere on the floor.
1: Yeah. Um, Just throwing the ball at the rim.
2: Now I think some. I'm interested to see Tennessee and Auburn and some of these like defensive heavy teams with some kind of average offenses playing like Alabama and Missouri, who I think are probably the two best offenses in the SEC. Yeah, I'm interested to yeah. see if their if their defense is good enough to slow those offenses down and keep them in it. Now, any Auburn fans that are listening to this are gonna. Be all over me because they just scored 94 against Georgia, which is good. They shot the ball really well, um, but they—I don't think they've shot really the better. ball. They, they haven't shot the ball well enough consistently to for me to
1: say that they have a really good offense. Um, what? What are, also, what are their Ken a zone for like most of the game that I saw before I switched over to Florida tennis?
2: Their Ken Palm offensive numbers are okay. They're 48. Yeah, it's
1: uh, it's all right. Their efficiency is because they slow games down. Yeah. Um, Not because like I just don't think they have a super. I test. Jacob's not sold in the I test. I'm not. (laughs) I've watched literally like ninety five percent of all of Auburn's games. I've maybe missed one, and I've seen most, if not all, of every game. He's not sold. They don't pass.
0: Yeah, they don't pass the analytics test either. So. Bama and Tennessee are both projected to win out on Ken Palm. or yeah. uh, Actually, go on. I, I was they, probably projected yeah. to lose to Tennessee. I think yeah, Tennessee Tennessee's is projected to, lose to win the, out, and we have one loss. Yes. Yeah. Auburn, six more losses. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Ken Palm has Auburn losing to Tennessee, A&M, Alabama, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee.
2: Okay, yeah. Makes sense. I certainly
0: would like to see that,
2: if I'm being pretty really honest. It would be something. It would certainly be something. It would, after the start they had, They'll too.
0: do put Auburn having three losses going into the SEC tournament.
1: Yeah. That's ah, that'd be not good. We did... We got two-thirds of the way there. We finished with two losses last year. Two... Wait. Two losses going into... Two going SEC in. The tournament. And, and then, then
2: two... Four. Four.
1: Yeah. Because
2: I knew they finished with a four-game
0: losing streak. Yeah. yeah. So that puts them at 21-10, 11-7 SEC.
2: Which isn't a bad year. No. But expectations were high. And then
0: Tennessee 14-4... and four. And let's see, where's Bama again?
2: Uh, they have Bama at seventeen and one. Yeah, seventeen and one. Seventeen and one would be crazy. So, I mean, we're
0: six two. But like, and two.
2: I look at Alabama's schedule, and I'm like, aside from Tennessee, yeah, where is the loss? I, Especially, like, it's easy to say that too, coming off of the game we just saw against Vanderbilt. But like, where is the loss? Right. Maybe a And M on the road. Maybe at the, end of the year.
1: And at that point, like, that game literally is looking like it's not going to matter. No.
0: You could clinch, like at the Auburn game, in Tuscaloosa. You could clinch at the Arkansas game. Even if you lost to A and M, it's maybe not always the bad, but, like the worst thing that could happen to your no. program going into the SEC tournament. It gives you a chance to look at the film and break down things and whatnot. Exactly. But and, I, I'm not saying Alabama's gonna lose to Texas A and I don't. They could lose to Texas A and M. They could lose. I A&M. don't think they will. It's on the road. You can always lose on the Nate road.
2: Oates has never won in College Station. We've broken all the narratives. Na'otoz has year. Never, he's never played college states, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he has never he he's never won there.
1: Undefeated, never lost. In, exactly. In um, but I. So something that we've talked about a lot off air and on air is like, how how does someone beat us? We saw that the last. Two how weeks. does a team beat Alabama? But Alabama has
2: to not show up. Yeah. You got to have, I mean, it's just two simple ingredients. You got to have a
0: dominant big man, which Oklahoma let, like, God, what was that kid? Tanner, Tanner Groves? Yeah, Tanner yeah. Groves played the game of his life.
2: And what? then you had Grant they Shurfield. They always have somebody like that. Yeah. Dude. And then you had Grant Sherfield who just exploded. So across. you need three things if Jesus we're looking at Jesus. the three losses that we've seen. And they're all the same. It, dominant big, Tanner Groves, Drew Timmy. Dominant athletic big. A Somebody Joe. that can create their own shot. You need. You need, you, need shooter.
0: shooters, you need a sharp shooter. You, you
2: need multiple shooters. Plural. Hill and Sherfield, uh, Strother and Bolton. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hawkins and Jackson. Jackson for Yukon. And you need Alabama to not show up defensively. Yeah. Which happened in all three games. If you do all of that,
0: you may have a close game with Alabama. And, unless <laughs>
1: you're in Oklahoma. Oh, and did I did zone out to look at the stats, and shoot 60% from three, just about. In all three? I, I think, I'm pretty sure. I, I think UConn's probably going to be the outlier on
2: that. So basically, you need a really good big man, you need to hit all of your threes, and Alabama needs to mentally not show up. Yeah. All at the same time, yeah. to beat Alabama.
1: And I think you see a little that's,
2: bit of that That's
1: a tough ask. Basically, do like, <laughs> like four or five things right and have the right personnel and make it. So, who meets that criteria? Auburn has a good big...
2: They got to get hot, and Bama has to not show up. Tennessee, they have like a dominant big. No, they don't have a broom. I don't like,
1: understand Tennessee. I really don't. Like I, I they're have, weird. They're, it just doesn't make sense. Like Zakai like Ziegler's I a dog though. But like that, he's I love least, Ziegler. I mean, I don't think he's the. Only he's not. The
2: it's it's of- Vescovy. He averages twelve, and like I, I just don't. I don't, I don't know him. how to say his name. Who how do you, whoever their center is, he's uh, good. Nakuma,
0: I, can't, I, can't, yeah. I, can't I can't say I'm can't not say gonna either. try. I know but he's thing, good. Olivier. Olivier. Yeah. yeah.
2: That oh. guy's good.
0: And they have Julian Phillips too, is solid.
1: Yeah. It's just like uh, eye test. Doesn't pass the eye test. It, it, their defense is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, defense is really good. They, they guard Florida clamped down. They possibly. guard. But I don't think Florida Florida's not a good three point shooting team. Uh, that is like well documented that they don't quite have uh, facilities with that. Offensively, they're 253rd in three point percentage. Gross. So it's really bad. They don't have the shooters that Alabama has to be able to take tough shots and make. Them. Oh, on top of all of that, yeah. like the fourth
2: thing is you need Alabama to also not hit their shots. Unless it's Gonzaga. Yeah. But
0: really Th- that, it was that just Brandon was Miller. Or just have Brandon Miller forget that he's the best player or best freshman in college basketball. Yeah. You could say best player. I mean you could say, say best player. You could really want to.
2: Zach Eady, But I think Brandon Miller's better at basketball. Oh, I one hundred percent agree. <laughs> with, who's having a better <laughs> season? like like player of the year is is it's gonna is be Eady. Yeah. I think Brandon Miller is better at the game of basketball because uh, it's uh, yeah. not I don't think anyone would disagree with that assessment. That's fair.
1: I, I just... I, I don't get Tennessee. Like, I, I know the defense gives them such a high floor uh, that their offense... Just it does give them a really high floor because you, they
2: guard people.
1: Yeah, and you've got to defend against Like them when low. they held
2: Georgia to 40 last week. Yeah, was that
1: Saturday? Good. No. It was... Big 12 last challenge Tuesday. Saturday. <clears throat> last Tuesday, Big yeah. Last Tuesday, was it, yeah. Um, but that's... That is a game, like, with the nature of it, we could lose. I just... I, I don't. We're, Can they Nato's score? Bowling. Can that's, they score? That's where, that's the that's, big thing. But Naidotas hasn't I think I he's been bothered by the road leave. though until Oklahoma. No, not. I, I wouldn't even been. call that a road environment. Being like bottled up by it. like we just didn't yeah. show up. Like, I just I think Oates is going to refuse to lose to Rick Barnes. Like, I, <laughs> speaking of Oats, extension. He got it
2: back. Oats
1: did get an extension. It'll. Uh,
2: it might Barnes. be official by the time this goes up tomorrow. So um, but as we're recording this, it was announced by originally John Rothstein that Oats is getting a uh, an extension through twenty twenty nine, worth around five, $5 million, million a year, making him plus incentives. Yeah, for the next six years. Yeah, making him roughly a top seven to eight paid coach in college basketball. I think he's done enough to deserve it. I mean, he's. Um, He's already won two SEC championships. He's on the hunt for two more. He's going to be a top six seed in three straight tournaments. I don't even know the last time top, that's happened for a Alabama. Top two in
1: two of those three.
2: A top two and two out of three tournaments. Like he's done more than enough to warrant it. He's great for the program. He's bringing in recruits. Like winning
1: record against. I believe winning record against top five teams. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Winning yes. record against AP top five it's teams. Five and four after Houston. Mm-hmm. Correct. And a strong chance to get to six and four when we played at Tennessee.
2: Like, you can go down the list on everything that he's done for the program from attendance to recruiting to everything. It's It's only year four. Like, I think he's had a top 15 class every year. The speed at which this has been turned around
1: is absurd.
2: And so it's an incredible, incredible thing that he's building. I anticipate, I was telling Jacob this, like, I don't know anything, but also I feel like this also says a lot about the arena and that it's probably going to be coming soon, because I feel like he wouldn't be agreeing if Greg Burns sat down and he was like, hey, Nate, the arena's not happening. Like, I don't I don't think he would then agree to an extension, mm-hmm. you know? That's I, just my own logic.
0: It's coming at some point. It, well, I think it'll be within the next five years you're going to see. Rumors it. are swirling about, about well,
2: they are green, green lights,
1: and, but who knows? Tomorrow also on the agenda, which the original contract talks leaked from – About Nate and Coach Westhart, which shouts to to Westhart. Yeah, shouts to Um, Westhart. But the golf facility that was originally part of the um, The Crimson Standard. Yes, the Crimson Standard is also, I believe, up on tomorrow's docket. So that's even more of a good sign of like, we're still getting there. Also, the Learfield, massive NIL deal and facility. Like, that is game
0: changing. I mean, that puts Alabama players in direct contact with Learfield clients, which. That's massive, massive for Alabama's NIL program and enticement for recruits and everything else. So that twenty twenty four class, massive, be
2: crazy. Yeah.
0: And something people are forgetting with the arena too is you have to get by the city of Tuscaloosa, and the city of Tuscaloosa or, is notorious for being a bit of a bit of a butt with that. Thinking
1: they're a little bit more than they. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not realizing where it all comes from, but
2: it's
0: coming at some point.
2: It'll come eventually. It will. What we do know is that. Nato's is around at the very least for the rest of the decade. So, yeah. 2020s are going to be really good.
0: And if someone wants to steal Nato's from Alabama or if he wants to leave, there is that massive buyout.
2: Yeah, we don't know what the buyout is yet, but we'll know tomorrow. And is Wichita stayed up by 5? Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah.
2: The anyways, back to <laughs> Nato's. And- yeah. Good luck buying out Nato's when it's like a what do you think the buyout is going to be tomorrow? Like 12. Like 12, is, isn't it already 12? I th- I think it I think it's Increased with it's gone down because the the right. the uh, mm-hmm. what's it called the original extension was two years ago and it was through 2027, right? Right, it was. And so this is tacking two years on, giving a raise, and it'll increase the buyout. I'm sure, but the buyout had gone down since the original extension. So I think it's like under 10 million, but still, still a big buyout. Yeah, I mean with that, I. There's, there's no reason for O's to leave. I, I, mean, no, I mean, you're where's it gonna building a
0: program that one already has the name brand of being Alabama. And if you can be the guy that brings Alabama basketball from what it was to a top-level, like, national program. Yeah. Which he's already doing. Which, again, he's already doing. He's it. already doing it. Alabama fans will worship you. Yeah. And they already are worshiping us They love him.
1: And to talk, I mean, Saban will not be around for... Forever and may not even be probably won't be around for all of that current extension that'll go through tomorrow. I
2: mean so at this, if this you rate have a chance to be the guy, it's now. If you're speaking on technicality, Saban's contract is up before Oates at this point. Yeah. Fair By a year. One. So I mean we're not I'm not gonna sit here and speculate when I think Saban will be done, but I at this rate it's fair to say Oates will be here longer than Saban, which I'm not sure people would have guessed when he got hired four years ago. There will be very few programs in the
0: country which if Alabama does all the necessary steps they need to with building a new arena, having, what happened? The uh, the Jairus Walker just Jairus banked, Walker it banked, it a banked in a three. From really? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Wichita
1: State at three. Uh, James Rojas allegedly cooking looking for a stat line but
2: that, okay. that, that we don't know
1: his stats but trust us he's cooking no he's he's cooking. Cooking. I, I've seen it enough uh, he has to be. Um, but no, if, I, I if you
0: have an arena for Alabama with all the practice facilities all the NIL possibilities with the University of Alabama there's just nothing that's going to keep Oates from going
2: anywhere. no you're right there's no reason that he wouldn't stick around at this point the weather's
1: nicer here than East Lansing uh, <laughs> He, the last few days it hasn't been. It's probably still nicer sure for he's <laughs> Uh Texas is going to have to hire a coach before then. Yeah, he's not going to Texas, and he's not going to Kentucky if Texas gets
2: Cal. Like, neither of those are happening no. this offseason. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, no.
1: so, I have the best in the business, Greg Byrne. Burton.
2: Yeah, Byrne's a great athletic director. Uh, he knows I mean what he that.
1: has, and he's doing the right thing with it. I, just, I think that's uh, – do we have anything else? Um Anything? Any games excited for Saturday? Auburn, Tennessee. Indiana-Purdue is going to be fun. Indiana-Purdue will be fun. Um, Auburn, Tennessee.
2: Kansas State, Texas. Yes. That'll be a good one. Very In fun. that gauntlet of a conference. I would hate being in the Big 12. It sounds terrible playing a top 10 team like every week. But, yeah, I think that's all we have. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.